Now, let's try that again and remember honesty in church is good. How many of you like Christmas gifts? Amen. We all like Christmas gifts. And do you know that giving is supernatural? It's spiritual. Men and women are not givers by nature. They're takers. It wasn't long into the Bible that Cain and Abel, we saw that men are takers. And everyone else since then have been takers. Now for some people, Christmas is all about the gifts. That's all they have. But you and I know that watching, observing our children, that gifts only last for so long and they go on to something else and something else and something else. Those temporal gifts cannot satisfy your soul. But giving originated with God. Nowhere in the Bible are we instructed to celebrate the Lord's birthday, but we do. And the reason we do is because He is our Lord and Savior, and it's such a miraculous event that happened, and I think it's worthy of a celebration. But it would be foolish for us to just celebrate Christmas, to get caught up in the music, the festivities, the lights, which I think all are wonderful. I love them. I'm not against them. I think that it would be foolish for us to get caught up in that, to even talk about Jesus in the manger without talking about the reason why he came. Giving began with God. And God has given us the ultimate, the supreme, the best. I don't have enough words to describe the gift in Christ that He has given us. But I want to take you through the Scriptures just for a few moments. I won't be long this morning. Some of you say miracles do happen at Christmas time. But I just want to take you through this just for a moment so that you can capture the, the giving of God, the greatest gift ever given, given by God, given to us. And if you have never accepted that free gift today, could be your greatest Christmas ever. In Matthew chapter 1, in verses 18 through 21, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
Pay close attention to verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The angel comes and gives this message to Joseph. This is not just any ordinary message. This is a promise from God. And God's promise was Jesus would come to this earth, be born of a virgin. He would live on this earth being tempted in every point as we are but yet without sin for the sole purpose of dying on the cross being buried and be resurrected to save His people from their sins. And His people are those who believe. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came into this earth flesh as flesh, fully God, fully man, he walked upon this earth. He never sinned. He went to the cross. He died on that cross. He was buried and he arose from the grave. And if you believe he did that for you, and you will trust him for your eternal salvation, you can have the promise of that gift. There is no plan B, church. There never was a plan B. Because there doesn't need to be a plan B. And so, the promise of His gift, He shall save His people from their sin. Would you turn with me a few books over to the Gospel of Luke? Luke chapter 2. This is a wonderful passage. Mary and Joseph are going to go in on the eighth day into the temple to have him circumcised as the custom was. And look at verse 21, please. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus before the name given by the angel, before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, 
a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon is saying, Lord, I'm ready to die. I have seen your salvation. There was the anticipation of this gift. Simeon was a devout man. He often went to the temple, always looking for the promised Messiah. It's funny. I used to love to guess gifts. Anyone else do that? Shake a gift and guess it? Amen, Mark. I got you, brother. And children are always sneaking around and pilfering and trying to figure out what they're getting for Christmas, aren't they? Some adults do that too. (laughs) And they're always anticipating that gift. Could you imagine this man, Simeon, in the temple, day after day in anticipation for the promised gift, the gift of salvation, the gift that only God can give? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the promised Messiah. The greatest gift ever given. Now, would you move along with me to the Gospel of John? John chapter 1. It's interesting. As we move through the Scriptures, we see this reoccurring theme. In John chapter 1 and verse 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. These men recognized this gift. These men recognize this gift from God, the gift of salvation that takes away the sin of the world. You and I were born sinners. And the Bible says that the reason we were born that way is because Adam sinned. And when Adam sinned, all men were created in the image of Adam and they were born sinners. I never had to teach any of my kids how to lie or cheat. And you didn't have to teach your kids and no one had to teach you that. It came naturally. And here John stands and says, the remedy to the sin of the whole world is the Lamb of God. The one who was named Jesus. The one who was promised. The one who was anticipated. The one who is now being presented To everyone as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. If you get nothing this Christmas, and there really is nothing we can improve upon the Christmas story. It's already already magnificent. The fact that we could not get to God, but yet God was willing to come to us in the person of Jesus. That He was willing to take His royal robe off. That he was willing to walk through the throngs of heaven and through the portals and out into our world. To identify with us. And Jesus never sinned. But he had his eye always on taking away the sin of the world. That's why I love Christmas. We're singing that song, Oh Holy Night. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs ever. 
the presentation of the gift. Would you go with me over to 1 Timothy? 1 Timothy chapter 1. I want you to see the proclamation of this gift. Timothy catches a hold of this. Or, excuse me, Paul tells Timothy. He, Paul catches a hold of this and he tells Timothy this. In 1 Timothy 1 verse 15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul is proclaiming this gift. And this is the gift that we proclaim in Awana in Sunday school from this pulpit in our Wednesday night Bible studies. It is the greatest proclamation ever that you can have eternal life in Jesus Christ. Paul digs through all of the years of prophecies and all of the different teachings and he gets to the heart of the matter and he says this, the reason he came was to save sinners of whom I am chief. Your hope and my hope is that Christ came into the world to save sinners. I would like to ask you to go one more passage, please. John chapter 3. It's a familiar passage. You don't even have to read it. I know you don't because you know it. It's one of the first verses we, people were taught in church. And it's John three sixteen. And it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Sometimes we read it and we're so familiar with Bible passages, we just glance through it. The New Living Translation says this, and it's one of my favorite translations. It says this, For God loved us in this way, that He sent His one and only Son. He sent His one and only Son. And that whoever will believe in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God's motive for giving you this gift is His great love for you. Now, I don't know about you, but I think about this. The thought that God, who created all of this, who created me, would love me. Knowing everything about me, He would love me. Knowing everything about me, He would still want me to be with Him in eternity. I've not gotten over that. I've not gotten over the gospel message. And it's simple. Because He loved the world. He's going to save the world. Those who believe. Not all the world. Not everybody will believe. I wish they would. But not everyone's going to believe. And you say, preacher, really it can't be that simple. Don't I have to do something? Listen, you will insult the work of Christ if you try to do something for your salvation. You will say that his death on the cross was not sufficient. And may I say to you, his death is sufficient to save the vilest sinner. So I stand before you this Christmas Eve 
And I say the most wonderful thing about Christmas is God so loved the world that He gave that gift His only begotten Son. And whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you received that gift? You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't do enough good deeds to get it. You can only believe Him for it. You can only receive it. If I were to give a gift to Bryce and I say, Bryce, here's this gift. And Bryce takes it and says, thank you. I'm going to use this gift. He's done nothing but accept it. But if Bryce says, here, let me, let me give you a dollar, just a dollar. Or let me do something for you. Let me wash your car. Let me do... It's no longer a gift. The Bible says, not by works that I have done. It's not by works. It's always been by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. Now listen to me. Please hear me out. We can darken this service. We can light candles. We can have our praise team to continue to sing song after song after song. And all of that is good and I love it. But it can never take the place of the preaching, the proclaiming of that gift. And if you're here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, may today in your heart you settle it. Stop trying. Start trusting. Stop trying to figure it all out. Preacher, when I get some things ordered around in my life, you'll never get them ordered in your life. The song says, Nothing in my hand I bring simply to the cross. I cling. Have you received that gift? Would you bow with me this morning? Please.